Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nesbitt Connection podcast. It's great to have you here, and once again, I want to thank you for your support, because without you, uh, this wouldn't be happening. I appreciate you tuning in, whether it's on YouTube or whether it's on uh, the audio version on podcast. Uh, either way, I, I, I really appreciate your support. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that sometimes I struggle with, you know, what I want to share, and i got, I got to be honest with you, sometimes i got to put a leash on myself, because the stuff I want to say... Uh, maybe um, might might offend some people and and today's podcast is one of these ones where I really got to walk careful because uh, you know I, I the last thing I want to do is offend anybody however I didn't get old and gray without learning a little bit along the way and I just want to share with you some of the stuff that I've seen happen I work mostly as you know in the construction blue collar industry the trades industry and, and, and I love work with the boots in the ground you know, I, I've said it before I'll say it again I absolutely love working with the people who take the shower after work you know because I've been one you know and, and until you've done what I've did in my life uh, you know when, when you spend hours literally shoveling underneath a crusher and, and knowing that this thing, if this thing was fixed, I wouldn't have to shovel as much. You know, you, you learn to maybe think different than maybe some of the people in the office do. Even though I ended up in the office, I, 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 I certainly identify with the people doing the work because I've been there and done that. So I want to share with you just what I've seen, we'll call it evolve in the last number of years in what I, well, let's just refer to the construction industry. But I think it's the world in general, but it's the construction industry. I, I certainly have a lot of respect for um, people who have gone to university and, of course, got, you know, the engineers and whatnot. There, there, there's, there's good and bad and everything. Uh, I, I'm very, very proud to say that uh, both of our girls both have university degrees. One of them, if you can believe this, actually was on the dean's list, which meant she was in the top 5% in, in the business school university that she went to. Now, she gets that from the mother. I'm telling you right now, that's from the mother she gets that, okay? But it, so I'm saying both of them have a university degree. I respect that the fact they have university degrees. Um, you know, so I, I, I respect people with an education. I do. I was never fortunate enough to go to a university or college. And that being said, uh, you know, I maybe think a little different. That's why I tend to... Um, you know, it, but say identify with the people doing the work. Now that being said, I really believe that I've got a wealth of knowledge. Uh, you know, on certain things. You know, I'm, I'm certain. You know, I, I, I can't. Uh, you know, if you ask me to fix your phone, I can't do it. I can't fix my own phone. However, you can just if you look at the books behind me and on my phone. I think the last count, my phone. I have like 300 audio books on my phone. You know, either on leadership, psychology. Uh, you know, anything to do with, with with personal growth. So, so that being said, I think I'm pretty well versed. So, even though I didn't go to university, I, I think I, I I know what what I'm talking about here. Not only that is that I, I I love to listen and learn and take things in. So, I just I want to share with you something that I've seen in the last little while uh, that's been re really it's just been a billboard to me because I've seen it and, and I'm not so sure everybody else sees it and, and I'm not here to, to certainly knock any company or any industry um, I, I'm going to maybe knock the government a little bit because that's kind of what I love doing because it's just so easy um, but I just I want to share something with you I, I was at a um, breakfast I want to say a few years ago and I, I may have mentioned this in a podcast before and if I have I'm very sorry uh, but at the same time, it's still true. I was at a breakfast, I think it was a Chamber of Commerce breakfast in downtown Ottawa a few years ago, and that's typically not my group of people, but I went because there was a speaker there who was 
Uh, and I gotta be careful. I'm not going to say his name or who he's affiliated with, but he was the vice president of one of the bigger banks in Canada. This guy had a pretty prestigious job, and, and you know, when when somebody from the bank talks, I, I think you can listen. Are they biased, and are they looking after themselves? Sure, they are. That doesn't mean that they're not facing struggles, and they can't share with you, you know, what they're going through. But the, one of the things that I left there with, and I'm of course taking notes because I thought it was so important. He said that businesses are doing everything that they can to speed up. You know, they're trying to be more efficient. They're trying to get more production. You know, businesses are doing everything they can to literally make more money. And the, and he says that the worst of it is, is even, even though businesses are doing everything they can to be more efficient and speed up, he says government is doing everything they can to slow them down. And boy, ain't that the truth. You know, isn't that the truth? And I want to share with you the biggest reason he was there was this particular bank, I'm guessing like a lot of banks, had lent out a lot of money to companies to expand and grow, buy new equipment, you know, build, build bigger buildings to do you know, make more, more production. And let's just say there's, there's a lot of businesses and companies in Canada in particular who, who haven't got enough people. And because they haven't got enough people, they're not able to produce. And of course, the banks are worried they're not going to get paid back. So that's you know that in a nutshell that's why he was why he was there but he's very diplomatic about it the guy was a class act he was a gentleman you know i, I can't say enough nice about it but I, but you gotta remember businesses are doing everything they can to speed up governments do everything they can to slow them down now i i'm old enough to to kind of to to, to work with different groups of people okay and one of the things that i've seen is that um a lot of the people will say and these are the people that companies need, okay? You can't get truck drivers today. You can't get loader operators today. You know, you, you can't get people to do work in concrete. Just try and find a crusher operator. It's impossible. And I, I'm actually going to do, I think, a podcast just on crusher operators because I've actually found this uh, this uh, this group on Facebook. It's just called Crusher Rats. I'm telling you, it's a cool bunch of guys, and I love getting on there and kind of reading some of the stuff. It's pretty cool, but I'm going to do something for them because they're just they're, they're, they're salt-of-the-earth guys. But try and find somebody to do all this. And, and the interesting thing, I'm going to share some stories with you. The one loader operator I work with, his name was Pierre. And this loader operator, Pierre, he, he was in northern Ontario. And this guy was an amazing loader operator, one of the best I ever got to work with, okay? And not only that, is that one day he came up with an idea that was just ingenious on how this company, how the company that we work with together, how we could actually uh, now keep less oversize in the crusher and reduce downtime in the crusher. Okay, he had an ingenious idea. I can't, I can't tell you how good the idea was, and it was so simple, it was it would knock your socks off it was so simple Pierre couldn't read or write he couldn't even fill out his own time card and I've seen it some of the best people we have and and yes you know the people are going to say today that there's a, you know the literacy or whatever's gone a thing of the past that that maybe it's true yes maybe more people are like that that doesn't mean that there are still some people who are in the blue collar trades that struggle with paperwork, with struggle with uh, you know written documents, uh, give them a computer they don't know. And we need more of them. We're not to pick on them, we need more of them. Uh, interesting thing, I was listening to actually a, and I would, this is a good listen, I was listening to a podcast just after Christmas, a Jordan Peterson podcast, and I believe the, the lady's name that was on there was Tempo uh, Grander, or Grinden, or Grander, an amazing lady. And, of course, she was an engineer and, and uh, you know, what she wasn't. But she, the, the, the thing that she was, she was autistic. And she talked about how, 
you know how autistic people in particular look in pictures when they see something that's a picture and they know they can fix it they don't need to read a book around that and i already believe when you say a good example you get into a concrete finisher a concrete finisher doesn't need to read a book they can just look at it and they can tell with their eye you know what's got to be done they, they know you know just when to trowel it when the concrete they probably tell by the smell of your crying out loud just exactly when to do it you can't learn that stuff in a book and those are the skills that we need the most so the reason I bring this up is because you know, not only can we not get enough of those people, but there's also a lot of people who are, are out of school, they're getting university, there's some, there, there's some smart people today. You know, I, the, the last podcast I did there a little bit ago was on this, this device I got in my ear, this bionic ear, and it's an amazing piece of, uh, of high-tech stuff that I can hear. I, you can't believe, but all I'm getting at is that I think the divide is getting bigger. Where the, and, and you hear about this a lot in, in, on, you know, if, if you pay attention to, we'll say, to, to the news and, and to politics or whatever. There, there's the elites of the world and then there's the workers. And I really believe the divide's getting bigger. And the divide is also getting bigger where there are some people now designing things for, for people to do in the field that's so complicated that they're not going to get it. They're never going to get it. And they don't want to get it. They just want to go to work, you know, again, I'm not here to pick on concrete finishers because I have so much respect for them because they're so darn brilliant at what they do. They just want to go to work and finish concrete. Most of them. You give them a computer or a tablet that they got to do something, that's not their thing. It's just not. And that don't pick on them for that. I'll give you an example. You get somebody that's incredibly brilliant at a school, you give them a trowel and say, go finish concrete. That's not their thing either. And I really believe the divide is getting bigger. And, and some of the thing is, and I want to be careful how I say this because I don't want to be too negative. I'm just, I'm being a realist, okay? In Ontario, where I am here in Ontario, Canada, some of the cities have gone, they're doing this thing where you have to be, and if I get the numbers wrong, please forgive me, but they, they, they want the contractors that do the work for the city to be what's called core certified. And this whole core certification is, is that if, if you can't bid on big work unless you're certified. Now, I've been around this long enough to know and I've seen how it works. This stuff will say that we're going to say cause more work and more overhead to companies. The big companies love it. And they love it because the little guys can't bid on the work. And there might be some people who are going to get mad at me for saying that, but it's the truth. You know, the big companies don't want the little guys around. It just, you know, when is the last time you've seen a mom and pop store where you can buy something? Lots of Walmart, so isn't there? It's the same thing with the construction industry, unfortunately. But I'm working with some of these companies that, that are they're, they're trying to become core certified, and God bless them, I'm trying to help them. I know what they're trying to do. But the thing is, is that, you know, in order for them to be certified, of course, the people on site have to follow certain things and they got to go through, you know, ticks in the box and they got to do stuff on, on their tablets and whatever. And I get it. I know they have to do it. Now, these, they're asking people to do this where this really isn't where they were hired to do the job. They were hired to do a job and now they're asking to do something different. And what happens is this maybe in some situations, I've seen it where some of the stuff maybe has been put together by somebody in the office who's very, very brilliant. And I just was with a lady here not long ago that did this amazing job of putting the sheets together and stuff. And boy, I'm going to tell you, it was so complicated. I look at that and I thought, you know something? I don't think I'm smart enough to work here for this job if I had to do it. So we got to be careful that we don't make it too complicated. 
You know, we got to keep it simple because we these people that do these trades, they, they signed up to do a trade. They didn't, for the most part, and I'm not trying to say the negative that they can't do it. For the most part, they just want to do a job. Give you a good example. You give a mechanic, you know, so if you want something fixed, they want to fix it. The pride in the job for the mechanic is to fix what they did. You know, they bring something in and get it running and fix it. That's what mechanics live to do that. Just try and get them to do the work order when it's done. Different story, isn't it? And no matter how hard we try, we're never going to turn a pickle into a cucumber. It's just never going to work. And, and we got to be careful that we don't set up our real good people to fail. And, and that's my biggest fear, because I see it, that some of these companies are making stuff so complicated. And, and if you don't think this has been going on for a while, this is a funny story. Uh, I, I want to be careful. I'm not here to, to say anything negative about the company I work for. They did this, and, and, and shortly after they did it, let's just say some of the senior management knew that it wasn't the best approach. Uh, but, but in the position I had, I was the general manager of, of all the core operations, the aggregate operations, aggregate operations, whatever you want to call it. And the, the, the people in payroll, of course, they need the time cards in on time or whatever system they're doing. They need everything in on time so they can pay everybody every two weeks. That's a given. That has to be done. And I get it. I know it has to be done. But there was an issue. We're going back probably 11, 12 years ago here. So this just wasn't yesterday. And, and the thing is, there was an issue where the time wasn't in time. It's somebody in management, and again, I, I want to say this, I think they know that it was not the best way to do it. So I'm not here to trash them. And please, I'm not here to trash them. This was just something they thought they'd try. And what they said they were going to do is that if a foreman didn't get their time card in on time and it affected payroll, the foreman was going to be docked $20 on their bonus. And not only was the foreman going to be docked, but the superintendent was going to be docked $20 as well, as well as the manager. So you can do the math here pretty quick. I had a lot of foremen working for me and a lot of, uh, two superintendents working for me. You, you could see where, you know, it was going to cost me a couple hundred bucks every pay, and I wasn't real happy with that. And what they did, and they, they wanted to fix a problem. It wasn't that they weren't trying to hurt people. They wanted to fix a problem, and I get that, Okay. So, of course, one time, you know, th there was an issue. They, 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 they did every two weeks after pay, the, the pay was done. They would bring myself in because I was the manager, and, and they would go over uh, some of the issues with the time so we could make a, you know, a corrective action for the next pay, which is the right thing to do, okay? One of the issues they had was one of the foremen uh, misspelled somebody's name. I kid you not. The foreman misspelled somebody's name. And it was something simple, like an E-I compared to an I-E or something. It was a very simple mistake, okay? Like, you, you, you know, a blind person could see that it was spelt right. Like You could make out what the name was, okay? And they wanted to obviously dock this to foreman 20 bucks, the superintendent 20 bucks. So it was going to cost me 20 bucks. And I just simply asked the question. I said, when somebody comes in here to work, I said, I have never yet, we've got, and, and believe me, this company at the time had probably the most talented people in the country working for them. Okay, and the people I had working for me, exceptionally good. You have no idea. It took us years to get the people we had, and they're good people, okay? And I said to them, I said, never once in all these years when I hired somebody that I ever give somebody a spelling test. I could care less if they spelled. I really could. We were there to make rock. You know, when all else fails, crush. 
That's what we were supposed to do, is to make stone. So this was 10 or 12 years ago, well, there was an issue. Things haven't changed. Every company I work with, it's, it's funny, I'll say one, of, one of the biggest things that they want me to do when I work with the leadership team is they say, can you get the guys to get their time in on time? So here we are, almost every company out there, and if there's one that isn't, it's because they've got a good system, because of course systems create behaviors and systems can solve problems. But but almost every one of them will, will flat out tell you that the the uh, you know the problem is is that you know that the, they can't get the time in on time. So if the foreman aren't going to get the time in on time, we got to be careful when we set them up with more to do. Okay, because the last thing we want to do is set people up for failure. So of course the, I, I'm trying to keep this you know, obviously this the podcast short, and, and I just I want to point out that. We have to do everything we do, or everything we we have to do everything we can, sorry, to keep it simple. You know, you heard that old saying, you know, keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple. I'm going to tell you, complicated doesn't work. Complicated doesn't work. So when we're trying to get something, you know, uh, you know, when we're trying to get, you know, to, to, to make progress and things, and, I, and like I said, I know these companies, they have to do core, and I'm, because the city wants it. You know, and I've sometimes jokingly, I, I'm working with groups of people, I'll say, tell me, is, it, is this going to make a better building? And they'll laugh and say, no, it's not. So it's not going to make anything any better. It's literally going to cost the taxpayer more money and create more paperwork. And that's the moral of it. And of course, there's going to be people who might be argue with me. Boy, I'd love to have a chat with you because I would love to see how you can get you know a better building by doing more paperwork like that. It, it, it's, it, it blows me away that they're trying to do that. And like I say, I know how big companies think because they spent a lot of years at a big company. And of course, they want to do everything they can to get rid of the small guy. And when you're small, you got to keep it simple so you can beat these big guys. It's kind of simple. And uh, you got to be, you know, it's, it's, uh, I'll give you a good example. And I'll, I'll shut up that the, the World Juniors hockey was on here, you know, a little bit ago in, in Canada. And there was one young hockey player, I think, his name was Connor Bedard, I think was his name, little small kid. And that kid was so quick and nimble, he could get in out. He could just literally skate circles around the other players because he was so quick and nimble and small. And, of course, that's what we need to be. If we're a small business, a mom-and-pop business, and we got to be able to quick and nimble to get in and out and hurry and get the job done. And, of course, we don't want anybody hurt. You know, I get it. I would never, you know, that we, just, we just don't want that. But, boy, we sure can make it simple. And, and, and believe me, I could use more examples of, you know, of what I see to make, you know, of what's going on that's so complicated. But I would never want to say anything negative about a company that I work with. It, it's just, you know, I'm trying to speak here in generalities to not to upset people. Whatever we do, keep it simple. Because I'm going to tell you, you know, the dog's got to eat the stuff. Mm-hmm.